Friends, I hope you know that here at Unseminary, we always want to be in your corner looking for resources for things that they didn't teach us in seminary. That's just shorthand for we want to be helpful. And you know, one of the conversations I know that they did not teach any of us in seminary was when to move on from your current church. Over the last couple years, I have had a ton of conversations with pastors all over the country, and I really haven't had much in the way of resources to share with them as they wrestle through this decision. Well, that's why I'm excited for a brand new resource that my friends over at Chemistry Staffing are sharing with our listeners, with you. If you go to chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary, you can download one PDF containing two eBooks, When to Leave and Before You Go. These two eBooks are the best resource that I've seen for ministry leaders that are wrestling whether it's time for them to go or to stay on or really to wrestle through all of those questions in this season. I'm convinced, I know it will help you if you're thinking through these questions. Again, it's not the kind of thing that we talk about all the time, but I know, you know you're going to come to a season where you're wrestling with these questions. You're wondering, is now the time I need to step out? Is, is, is God leading me to somewhere new or, or do I need to double down? Do I need to keep pushing through? So what I'd encourage you to do is go to chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary. Just drop your email in there. And again, you'll get in one PDF, two eBooks, when to leave and before you go, both helpful resources. I'm so thankful for my friends over at Chemistry Staffing. They're in your corner too. They really want to help you. Again, that's chemistrystaffing.com forward slash unseminary. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Super excited for today's conversation. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you. And today is no exception. Excited to have Heath Bottomley with us. He is, he's got lots of hats, but if I can keep a couple of the hats straight, uh, he's at Pure Heart Church, which is a two-campus multi-site church in Arizona. Uh, this church has strong values of transparency, vulnerability, relationships. He's the lead pastor of creative teams. You know we love creative people here at Unseminary. Excited to uh, to lean in on that. He's also uh, runs, owns an organization called Maven Media. Plus, he's the creative strategist for a great conference called the Experience Conference. Uh, Heath, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, excited to be a part of it and uh, looking forward to chatting today. Love it. And our mutual friend, Scott Longyear, you said you got to talk. And so anytime Scott says I got to talk to somebody, there it is. So I'm super excited to uh, to get a chance to connect. You know, what I love you? love Scott. Love Scott. He's a great guy, good friend, and always, Absolutely. always a pleasure to connect with more people. So Love it. So why don't you kind of fill out the picture a little bit? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Give us a sense of the church. Talk through those things. No, absolutely. Um, Pure Heart is a, a church about, you know, about 30 years old uh, in the Phoenix area. It's, uh, it's a growing church. Um, we're probably, we actually... Um, we technically list ourselves as having three campuses oh, um, nice. and because we intentionally created an online campus mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. it has its own campus pastor and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in person, we're probably, you know, I know people always go, so how big is it? You know, because that's yes. just the question <laughs> yes. uh, as if that makes it 
okay, I'll listen to you. Yes, um, which post COVID is a, is an even more difficult question. Yeah, it, really, what does that number mean? I don't know. <laughs> really, nothing. It's just how many people want to want to hang out on uh, you yes. know ar- around you on campus, and it helps yeah. that our our Glendale campus has a has a restaurant actually on the campus. So, oh, that's cool. Um, so it may be that they're just hanging out for tacos, um, <laughs> which would always draw reason. me. But, <laughs> exactly exactly but That's but we great. run probably about uh two to three thousand people on a weekend mm. on campus and then um we also have a good number of people probably another 1500 to 2000 online mm-hmm. um each Love week it. so it. it's a great great church we do a lot of some people would say a lot of uh crazy thing we have um we have an intake center on campus for people dealing with um addiction and also oh, wow. mental health um, issues. We have an entire life bridge, um, ministry, which, uh, deals with resources, helping mm-hmm. people get prepped, even prepped for job interviews, um, finding, uh, things they need. And this is actually, they do drop-ins for food, mm. um, in neighborhoods. Um, oh. but they're all across the Phoenix area. It, it's got a, it's got a, uh, a workout area on campus cool. and everything because, you know, it's going, we want people to take care of, uh, all elements of, uh, mm-hmm. that of their created body, um, mm-hmm. mind, spirit, everything. So love it. Yeah. That's so cool. And then you also have, you, you know, hats where you're connecting with a lot of leaders across the country, whether yes. it's through Maven media through the conference, which is fantastic. I'd love to actually start there. You know, you interact with a lot of church leaders, you connect with, uh, you know, them, I'm sure they're reaching out to you looking for help, advice, consulting, that kind of thing, coaching. What would be one of those things, particularly in this season that you know you find yourself bumping into or kind of tensions that church leaders uh seem to be having consistently uh that that you see that you end up you know talking them through or 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 at least engaging with them on well yeah and um i would say that probably in years past there's been a lot more of a buffer zone for this so it um, Mm. but lately i've seen that it's become a point of of not conflict but struggle is Mm. being able to strategically plan um and intentionally uh, navigate situations. In mm. years past, you we had kind of a there wasn't as much of a, an urgency in mm. it because you mm-hmm. could always kind of figure things out because we always know well the weekend's coming so we'll just figure yes. it out then. Right. Um, we live in a new world now where it's actually uh, you can't take those things for granted anymore. You have to be right. intentionally planning out um, what your strategies are for where you want to go, and you're going to mm-hmm. have to really streamline things because you have to think about things like. How much margin do you have um, mm. in order to pull the trigger on opportunities? Or if something catches you off guard, do you have the ability to pivot in a mm. day's notice? And a mm. lot of churches, I think it, it highlighted the fact that they did not have the ability to right. pivot that quickly um, right. so true. And, and didn't have built into their system both margin for uh, not only financial resources, mm-hmm. but personnel resources, connection, networking resources. Mm-hmm. Um they didn't know where to go when things mm-hmm. go sideways. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of this new world that we're kind of navigating. And those are some of the things that um, what I've been brought in a lot more recently is looking at, does your organizational structure match mm. the vision that you say your organization has been called to? Yes. Um, and that love just it. hasn't matched up. So. Yeah, I would love to dive into that. You know, it has been, it's been quite a few years here. You know, it's been the last couple of years, I was talking to a leader recently and, and they were reflecting on exactly this issue. They say, you know, when you think about the last couple of years, any one of the kind of crises that have come come by, whether it is COVID, whether it's, you know, racial unrest, whether it's 
um, you know, the war in Ukraine, whether it's the economy, any of those in and of themselves, lots of churches would have a hard time dealing with on their own. But what we've had is just this kind of repeated, you know, it's kind of one thing after another. And it's like, we're always waiting for the next, it seems like we're always waiting for the next shoe to drop and it can make it very difficult. Uh, so talk to me about how, so how do we ensure that our organizational structure is aligning to our mission, that those two things are, uh, they're not disconnected. We don't just have this kind of interesting mission statement on our wall, but that doesn't actually impact what we're doing day to day. All right. I think it's, uh, a lot of it is, is really diving into clarity. Um, cause yeah, like you said, you know, there, it's interesting to me how many mission statements I come across and everything, they basically all say the same thing. I mean, yes. it's, it's, Hey, we want to make Jesus known to the, you know, to the world, mm -hmm. or we want to grow to become more like Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. and those are very truthful statements, but what does that mean in your organization's capacity? What does that look mm -hmm. like? Um, mm -hmm. how are you guys doing that? Um, mm -hmm. when I dive deeper into these conversations with churches, um, I find out that the heartbeat of how they want to go about doing that oftentimes doesn't match how e they're even staffed or where they're putting a bulk of their energy and resources. I talked to mm -hmm. some people who are going, man, we really want to, we really want to connect in a, in a digital world. And I'm looking at their staffing and it's almost entirely based on, um, very, uh, uh organic or in-person, um, mm -hmm. meetings. And I'm going, mm -hmm. so how are you planning on making that move? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Which then brings about, or we want to make a an impact in the culture around us, but everything is internally focused, staffing wise, right. and structurally within their church. You mm -hmm. walk into their service and you're going, "This doesn't say anything to the culture around. It's all about mm -hmm. drawing people who have already have institutional knowledge of this organization." Mm -hmm. And so then we have to go through and revamp and mm -hmm. build margin into their structure, mm -hmm. so that they can then take a step into the opportunities that present to get them to their vision. Yeah, I love that. Can we dive into that a little deeper? Because I do think that's a real common problem, particularly when we think about the creative programming, what we do on the weekends, the language we use, the music we use. There's lots of times where it can feel like a pretty significant disconnect. How do we ensure that uh, that we can add, how, do, how can we ensure that our organizational structure actually does allow us to kind of operationalize, actually try to connect with the culture around us? What does that look like? I mean, it all kind of depends on your specific ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you, the last thing you want to do is try to become something that you're not, um, because that actually does more damage, I think, to to um, organizations, to ministries, uh, is when people are trying to people are trying to become the cool thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And and honestly, the it sounds horrible because I'm not expressing it well, but the coolest thing is being the most real thing. Mm. And so I remember in high school, the coolest teacher that I had was, was one of the, like, he loved English, you know, mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. top, the subject. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but there's nothing cool about, about verbs <laughs> and, and like diagramming Shit. sentences, but he, <laughs> yes. in literature, I mean, he would just get so intense on it. I'm like, the guy's a nerd, you know, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. but he was so cool because he was so real. Right. Now the it's guy genuine. who the PE teacher who was trying to be hip and cool and relatable or whatever. Everyone's like, <laughs> the guy's a dork, you know? Yeah. He, yes. he, he looked the part, but he right. was so back to churches and organizations, it's knowing who you are. And that's mm -hmm. why that clarity element is so important. Once mm -hmm. you can do that, um, then it's a matter of, we all know the phrase begin with the end in mind. Um, mm -hmm. and for most of my life, I have, I have been able to, uh, 
once we start with what the end is, I've almost, mm-hmm. I, I tell people I can almost see the red line that connects the dots. Mm-hmm. Steps. And I've always assumed for most of my life, I'm like, everyone sees that. Yes. It wasn't until <laughs> well into it that I started learning going, oh, okay, this isn't common. Um, mm-hmm. But what then I can do is help clarify. There's a class that is offered in a lot of colleges called Logic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what it does is it says, if you say this, this is where that ends at the nth degree. Mm -hmm. Um, and using that same mindset, looking at our organizations and going, if we really want to accomplish this, say we want to, um, be influential in the arts, Mm -hmm. um, you will not magically wake up one day and be influential in the arts. You're going to have to create space and show what that looks like by Mm -hmm. investing in it. Because what you are actually doing draws the people who are attracted to doing that. It doesn't mm, work the other mm, way around. Right. You can't go, when we get the people, we'll become an artist environment. Right. You have right. to actually go, we're going to embed artists in this. We're going to create space where artists want to come to, an environment mm-hmm. where they want to be a part of it, and mm-hmm. then it grows. Right, so. right. Yeah, that's interesting. That's uh, that's an interesting application. I think it's so true, particularly um, – that is one of those areas where I think people often maybe are super aspirational. They want to, as the example you use, they want to become the kind of church that is creative, but they, but they think that that's like a disconnected kind of like, you just have to wear skinny jeans and then that'll do it. No, it's so much more than that, right? You've got to yep. build a culture and a climate around that. Love that. That's a, that's a perfect example. Now, when you think about that particular, this whole idea of misalignment, this whole idea of Hey, we're not heading in the right direction. How do you go about realigning your structure internally? Let's so let's say we do have a sense of okay, we need to make some changes. We need to maybe shut down some programs that that we weren't doing, or kind of redirect some energy. What does that look like? What what should we be thinking through when it comes, particularly on the, um, you know, on the misalignment side, on kind of realigning people and resources? I think uh, there's that phrase: everything that you say yes to means that you're saying no to something else. Um, once you start holding that grid up against your organization, you start going point by point, almost like, you know, the TV show where they go, does this bring me joy? Um, you know, Mm -hmm. and and you go, do I let it go or not? Um, there is always an argument to be made for the things that you are doing. Mm. Yes. Very rarely is it a clear, almost never is it a clear right and wrong of whether or not you should be doing something. There's always Mm. a good reason to be, there's always a good reason to have, um, a quilting ministry in your mm-hmm. church. There's always, there's, and there's a case to be made for it. Um, yeah. what's important is going, will it help us get where we feel God is calling us? Yes. Because, and also in our attempt to be everything, uh, we oftentimes are nothing. Right. right. And, and the, what I try to do with organizations is go, I want you to have the sharpest edge mm-hmm. to your ministry, which means that you're mm-hmm. going to have to pare down some of mm-hmm. these things that are the hardest things to say no to are good things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but you have mm-hmm. to sacrifice the good things for the best things. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you will always have people who go, you've missed the mark. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't mm-hmm. care. You don't care about people. <laughs> you don't care about this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have to, that's just, you have to live with that. I mean, Jesus dealed with that. People are going, why, you know, they would give him a hard time for saying the hard things. Like, yes, you yeah, know, yeah, why, yeah. why are you calling us to this? That's way yeah. too difficult. Right. Um, but he needed you know, the edge so. in order to accomplish what he needed the church to become right. um, by doing that. Okay. Yeah. Let's get a practical example of that. So I, um, 
you know, there's this church who uh, this is probably it's hypothetical, but not not really. Uh, it's based on what you hear happening. So let's say I'm a staff pastor. So I'm not the lead pastor or maybe executive pastor or associate pastor. And we have a pet project that our lead pastor just loves. Like and and the rest of our staff kind of snicker about it. We know this is not aligned with our mission. This is not aligned with where we're going, but for whatever reason, that individual just loves this thing. How do we start that conversation? What does that look like? How, how could I lead up in this dialogue around, hey, you know, there's this area that's a little bit out of alignment with what we're doing, or, or maybe widely out of line. It literally, like you're saying, is the quilting ministry. It's the, you know, I think we, we all churches have these kind of like just random programs that aren't really pushing us forward. How, how do we lead that conversation? I think there's a few different ways. The one that I've found, um, especially for senior pastors, tends to be, um, I mean, these guys, are, they know that they are stewards of what God has entrusted them with resources. And to the point where that actually, I, f- I feel the weight from mm. people. They really connect with that. Um, that's where mm. a lot of the stress comes from. I was a, uh, a creative arts and worships pastor for years um, mm. and then stepped into a senior pastor role for mm-hmm. about three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, as a worship pastor, I knew the things that we needed to be doing. I knew right. them. I mean, inside and out. Yeah, I say right. that satirically. Um, yes. And I'm like, it's an easy decision. When I yes. stepped into the senior role, I suddenly went, I felt the weight of yes. those decisions because yes. it's not just cutting a ministry. It's mm-hmm. it's p- potentially um, making people feel devalued in the process. Yes. No matter how yep. well you, how well you yep. try to take care of them, you sure. can't you can't make sure that they don't feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, but that doesn't mean that should restrict your your decisions. So mm-hmm. all that to say of understanding that senior pastors feel the weight of the people that are attached to these things. Yes. The yep. best way that I'm broaching conversations is going is reattributing, showing what the reattribution of these resources could look like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and going, if you keep utilizing these resources in this direction, yep. what ask the question, what, what's the, what's the win? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then going, the reallocation of these resources, time, energy, and really clarifying that resources go beyond finances. It, it's mm-hmm. bandwidth. Mm-hmm. It's um, because I'm a big proponent for margin and mm-hmm. I can dive into that more, but um, mm-hmm. most churches and most um, ministries do not uh, work well with the idea of margin, but mm-hmm. margin is the only way that we actually tackle and fight for the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we just expend all the, everything that comes in and mm-hmm. feel like that's good stewardship if it all goes right back out. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which isn't isn't good planning. Um, no. But if we can then go, okay, the reallocation of these resources could, we project, could accomplish this toward the vision and ministry of the church, mm-hmm. and then go mm-hmm. ask the question going, what do you feel is is a better uh, stewardship for that? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you know? that's good. That's good. I think there's a lot of wisdom there too, leading with questions, I think is... Uh, is a good thing, right? Help helping senior leaders wrestle with, as opposed to coming accusatory. That never works, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. the idea too of of trying to understand, and this is for any, you know, leading up in any scenario, is to understand what their priorities are and to cast the change that we're talking about in as a step towards their priorities. You know, they ultimately, you know, it's not a it's not a judgmental statement, but ultimately everyone's selfish at some level and we're concerned about our stuff. And so what is it that your senior leader is excited about? How do we recast this change? 
in light of what they're you know fired up about. Talk to me about margin. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's church leaders that are listening in that are like margin. What are you talking about? I'm just trying to get ready for this fall, and like I've got 12 things to do and only you know three days to do it before kids get back from school. Uh, man, I, margin is the farthest thing from my reality. How can I find margin? What should we be thinking about margin? What does that look like? Well, it all comes back to I know that. Um some of the things that you address on this podcast and everything are going, so what is it about that you're not picking up in seminary mm-hmm. that is useful and actually you mm-hmm. should be learning mm-hmm. if you're going to be jumping into, into ministry, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. organizational ministry, because people will go, oh man, it's not about the systems. It's not about the process. As soon as you actually want to um, take advantage of resources, and, like things like insurance, 401k, as soon as you want to add staff, you're an organization, whether you like it or not. Um, and so you need to be trained in what, how to effectively lead an organization, um, Mm -hmm. financially, um, Mm -hmm. strategically, all of these Mm -hmm. things. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you can, you can do church anywhere. I mean, the Mm -hmm. body of Christ, you can meet in your living room and you don't have to worry about all these things. But Mm -hmm. if you want to engage in those things and benefit from them, then you should understand the best way to utilize them and structure yourself accordingly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when it comes to margin, uh, first off, there's the in, there's the personal. Uh, mm-hmm. How many people are actually adequately mar- um, creating margin in their life to take advantage of opportunities when they mm-hmm. arise? Mm-hmm. What we do is we feel there's that weird uh, work ethic element responsibility thing that goes. If I, the busier I am, mm-hmm. the more important and the more um, <laughs> responsible I am. That's so true. And and it's and it's it's so. I don't want to say it's backward because I've also seen the other side of the coin where people are like, I'm going, they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm so, I'm so busy. I'm like, you did nothing, but these two things this week, no production. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you spent, you spent all day working on one song, you know, like going, you you can be more efficient. Um, Mm -hmm. but margin is going, am I creating space to, for some start simple? Am I Mm -hmm. taking time each week to dream about the future? Am I taking a certain amount of hours to do that? Am I doing that with my team? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. much of a percentage am I allotting towards things that could be compared to Sunday's coming and the, mm-hmm. the tyranny of the urgent, of the immediate? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, every organization that is outside of ministry that's, a, that's affecting change and impacting culture has uh, a research and development, has mm-hmm. a lots of um, funds for opportunity. Um, they do that so they can actually try things out, mm-hmm. fail at them and learn yep. how to do it better. And right. from there, they can find the way that changes the future. Right. Um, ministries need to start then, um, people who are leading ministries need to get a lot more efficient and learning clever ways of how to, first off, how to run a budget. Mm-hmm. Most guys who are pastors in churches or leaders in, in churches have no idea how to budget. That's true. You know, they've never been trained in it. They're, they're mm-hmm. making it up as they go. Mm-hmm. And then they find themselves going, I think I did it right. And then going, right. why, why, why are we not growing or why are we not right. doing things? Um, but creating mm-hmm. margin within your budget by creating even zero based budgeting, mm-hmm. which irons out going, what do you want to accomplish this next year? And what will that mm-hmm. cost? Don't mm-hmm. go, this is what I had last year. And yeah, now this 5%. is what I have this year. Yeah, yeah, and I want exactly. to add, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to accomplish and why? Mm-hmm. Um, and then creating space, then an opportunity and margin, even with staffing. Mm-hmm. And this is where this is going to get a really, uh, a little touchy. Um, great people are mm-hmm. not available long. 
Right. And so usually by the time we're looking for a position, mm-hmm. um, we end up finding people who are either off the off chance they happen to come available right then in that window. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what a steal. What a God moment. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Um, or there are people who've just been available because they're not exactly the best fit, but they're the yes. best of what's available. Yes. And then uh, that, which then turns into frustrations down the road. Yep. If we have... CCV, uh, Christ Church of the Valley, is a great church mm-hmm. here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I love how they wind themselves up to get key campus pastors. Mm-hmm. They will hire a campus pastor even if they're not launching a campus. Right. Because they've created margin to do so. Yes. Because they know that those the right fit is hard to find. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when one comes available, they will go and they'll have them do something else in the meantime. Right. You yep. can't you can't get there unless you have strategically planned for that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's that's such a truism in hiring. I, I've I've seen that in my own ministry over the years. I've hired a lot of people, and there is that the people who are available are not necessarily the people you want to hire. Um, you know, the people who have um, who are going to apply aren't necessarily the people. You know, you want to find someone. I've said this so many times. Your my best hires when I first started talking to them, they were completely happy in their existing role. They weren't you know, they were loving what they were doing. And so then you kind of always have to be recruiting, talking to people, leaning in, Hey, like what's God's plan for your life? Where are you headed next? That sort of thing. Love that. That's, that's good. Love it. Now. So talk to me about the experience conference. It's coming up here. Uh, tell me about it. Give me a sense of the conference. What, who's, who's, who would benefit from it besides everyone? Um, you know, tell me more about yeah. it. Well, experience conference is, um, is really a unique uh, opportunity of worships, worship leaders, creative leaders, mm-hmm. um, production, everything to mm-hmm. kind of come together. Um, what I, what really drew it me to it as an attendee years mm-hmm. ago was this element that uh, we hadn't really defined, but then we put words to a couple years down mm-hmm. the road was this idea of lowering the stage. Mm-hmm. And what that was is going. I had been to so many different events and conferences that. Um, and this isn't a bad thing, but it it was more of a a bunch of concerts all mashed together. Mm. And and then I'm looking around the room going, these actually we're all peers, you know. Mm-hmm. So you get a Brandon Lake, you know, on stage mm-hmm. and he is doing the same thing that everyone else in this room does week in and week mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. actually there's more people who will hear Brandon's songs from the people in the community than from mm-hmm. Brandon himself. Sure. And so we started going, once I came on staff, we really started having intentional conversations with the, with the artists and speakers and going, just reminding them, hey, you're talking to peers in the room. This isn't a, right. a, right. a, con- a worship concert event that you're used to doing. Right. Um, and that changed the tone tremendously. Mm, and it became less of a green room environment and much more of, mm. a, of people w- hanging out with each other. Um, jumping cool. into workshops and, and it, it changes the heartbeat of it. You yeah. Know? I love that. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. I remember years ago, this is probably 20 years ago when, um, Matt Redman was Matt Redman and, um, and it was him and Pilavachi, Mike Pilavachi, they were at this conference and I just happened to be there. And that was very much the vibe of it. They were, they very much were there just to try to help and like, Hey, what can we do? And like, you're sh- sh- happy to share some stuff we learned that, soul survivor and all that. And it felt very like, Hey, like they're, they're not trying to pre- present themselves as rock stars. It's just like, we're here. We're just another kind of worship leader 
and we're all trying to do the same thing and it might look a little different in your context than my context, but how do we, how do we lead together? I love that, that idea of how do we network together? What do you guys do at the, what do you do at the conference? Try to encourage that cross communication engagement with each other. What is, what does that look like at experience? Well, we try to create a lot of, um, intentional space, uh, even mm-hmm. how, and I mean, and it all comes down to how the the people who are part of it respond. I mean, one of the, mm-hmm. I'm just going to brag on him a bit because he's awesome. Uh-huh. But uh, Andy Rosier uh, from mm-hmm. Vertical, he mm-hmm. um, he is now at New Life mm-hmm. in Colorado, mm-hmm. and actually we have him, John Egan, um, Natalie Runyon, like uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Hoagland, and everything all yeah. as part of the speaking team this year, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. But Scott Longyear, our, who's the pastor of the conference. Um, mm-hmm. was meeting with the teaching team and mm-hmm. Andy said, he's like, how long do we, do I have, do we have to speak in this one session? And Scott was like, oh, you have about 30, 35 minutes. And he surprised us. He tur- he was like, can we use less time to speak and then open it up mm-hmm. so that we can, we can interact and, and spend some time praying for individuals in the community here. Oh, that's so and good. I, that was the first time I'd ever heard someone say, can I, a speaker go, can I speak less? Um, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And spend more time with people. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of mentality. Meredith Andrews, uh, a few years back, we had our event the day mm-hmm. before we were supposed to launch. Um, a hurricane blew through, or actually oh, was was going to blow through, and so they shut that's down the a, that's airport. Orlando in the fall. Yeah. Orlando in the fall. <laughs> but it's the first time they had shut down the airport in advance. Yeah. Oh wow! Of the potential, because it was in order to get funds, mm-hmm. uh, federal funds, they had to take proactive measures. Okay. Um, but it killed our conference, but we already had about 600 people on the ground, mm-hmm. um, in advance of the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, so we showed up and we're going to do like going for anyone who was there, you know, a makeshift, you know, boot camp, basically like version of this mm-hmm. thing. And Meredith called up and she was scheduled to perform one of the sessions. Mm-hmm. She's like, God's just laid it on my heart. Um, do you need me? Mm-hmm. And we're like, uh, to do, I mean, yeah, to do what? And she's like, whatever. Oh, and so sweet. She came in and she led or was a part of leading worship for every session that we had. She oh, wow. uh, she helped out with the prayer ministry aspect. She was interact. She was leading workshops. Mm-hmm. That's the type of environment and heartbeat mm-hmm. that uh, is what we feel God has called Experience Conference to mm-hmm. on a, even Love a broader it. level moving forward. Love it. Well, friends that are listening in, you know, I know we have a lot of executive pastor types who are listening in who are not necessarily the folks that are going to be on stage leading worship. However, we all know that our uh, creative people over the last couple of years, we'll call it they've been stretched. It's yeah. been a tough couple of years here, friends. Absolutely. And this could be a great thing. When I when I was going through all of this and looking at your material, the thing that struck me was like, wow, like this could be a great thing, frankly, to give to a couple of your worship people or maybe a small team of them as a, hey, thanks so much, a shot in the arm, injection mm-hmm. in the arm as we kick off the fall here. Um, I think it could be, if, they're, if they haven't gone you know, in the past, this could be a great uh, thing to go to that. Um, so where do we want to send people if they want more information about Experience Conference? Where do we send them online? You can go to experienceconference.com and it's all one word, all lowercase, and it, it'll take you right there and it'll give you all the information you need to know. Uh, what I love mm-hmm. is like even, you know, Pastor Scott um, mm-hmm. shared this with our team a couple of years back. He's like, uh, it's a huge thing for him. He he loves the fact that he gets to come and he brings his his team, his worship mm-hmm. leaders, mm-hmm. and he gets to stand next to them and worship mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. which you usually yeah. don't have that opportunity on a staff team right. to yep. do that yep. and build camaraderie because that tension, and we know that it exists, 
there is a lot of tension between, um, or can be between the lead pastor, senior pastor, and uh, the worship pastor or worship leader. And so mm-hmm. anything that we can do to kind of uh, create common ground and really sync that up and strengthen that is a win. Yeah, I love that. Love it. Yeah. And even just that we all know this, friends, but you know, getting in a car and driving if you can or flying, you know, even just that alone to do that with your worship people, that is such a great accelerant relationally. Um, and it's like the conference is a bonus. In this case, the conference is a huge bonus on top yeah. of that. Uh, I, listen, I would strongly encourage you to uh, to check out the conference. Uh, if, if you haven't uh, checked it out, I would, you know, check it out and uh, it could be great. Scott's a great guy. Obviously, he's a great guy. It's been so good to have you here today. I know we're coming in to land the plane here, but is there anything else you want to share as we wrap up today? You know, I do just, I know we just touched on it, um, but I would be remiss if I didn't uh, kind of zero in on this for just a second is I'm seeing a lot more because of the craziness of the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Some of these tensions between senior pastors and worship pastors Mm -hmm. have come to the surface a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I want to, I would love to encourage, um, both parties in that conversation um, with this is mm-hmm. that so much of our frustrations in ministry and life come from unmet expectations. Mm. But so, so often those expectations have never been communicated. Mm. And what I've been having the opportunity to do is work with senior pastors and worship pastors to really encourage them to get clarity on, do you actually know each other? Mm. Um, and one of the main things that I mean by that is a lot of times senior pastors think that they're hiring a shepherd Mm -hmm. to lead their worship ministry. And, Mm -hmm. and when I say shepherd, I mean, someone who is, is interested in discipling and guiding and teaching the theology, the richness of the faith, Mm -hmm. um, spending one-on-one time and the reality. And what I found time and time again, is that there are often, and these are like three of the top ideas um, that I found more common in in those who lead a worship ministry. You do have the shepherds, but you also have worship artists. Um, and you also have what I found is the rallier. Mm. Um, and all three of these are hugely valuable and vital, mm. can be vital mm-hmm. to your organization. But if you think you have one and yet you ha- you've hired another personality of this, your expectation for them is going to be constantly butting heads and the frustrations will grow because you actually don't know the person that is on your team as well as you mm. thought you did. Mm. And sometimes oh, we put good. so much value on the shepherd part, which mm. is a huge value that yep. we minimize the value of, of a worship artist, the mm-hmm. creative who, who mm-hmm. wants to do to minister to people through inspiration and showing mm-hmm. them a reflection mm-hmm. of God that they haven't seen before mm-hmm. or the rallier who can connect in that moment on the weekend mm-hmm. in a way that maybe a shepherd can't. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you have unmet expectations for any of them, you're going to be constantly mm-hmm. frustrated by what you see no, as weakness good. and it's not yep. a weakness. That's really good. I love that distinction there, man. That feels like that could be a whole conversation right there. That's that's a really good bit of coaching there, particularly, again, I think for, for friends who are listening in who are like senior leaders trying that may be feeling a little bit of frustration or maybe yes. feeling like, hey, how's this thing working out? I'm not sure. What are they, you know, how, how do those people fit on our team? I don't get it. They're weird and they have funny hair. Um, you know, how does that, you know, how does that work out? So I appreciate that. That's, that's really good. Well, Heath, I appreciate you being here today. Where do we want to send people online uh, if they want to connect with you, if they want to kind of track with your story, where do we want to send them? Um, you can send them to uh, mavenmediaproductions.com. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can also reach me through the experience conference page as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or it, it sounds funny that I'm actually, um, but you can go to heathmichaelbottomley.com for it. my personal yeah. page. And interestingly enough, you can go to heathmichaelbottomley.ninja. Um, <laughs> because right. as soon Love as it. I knew Ninja was available, I'm like, yeah, I need that. Scoop that I'm, up. I'm going to need that. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> Heath, this has been great. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you. Excited for the conference. Hopefully it goes well. I know it'll go well this year. I know these, all of these events, it does seem like this is like the fall that all this stuff is returning. So it's great. Didn't even mention for listeners, it is at the Disney Resort, which for no, for longtime listeners, people know that's a bonus point for me. So, uh, you know, that's a good thing. So yeah, Coronado uh, is beautiful it. and it's, it's going to be a great yeah. time. Yeah, that'll be great. Thanks so much, man. You have a great day. Thanks you as well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.